everyone to episode welcome everyone to episode 40 of rules of the arena podcast we are finally back at blinders studios after taking a couple months off in studio with me this evening is my uppity producer casey <laughs> uh that's a racist term <laughs> and celebrity guest host brian who you might know as co-host from home oh there it is <laughs> and department of offense panelist yeah. celebrity guest uh sandwich Dang. maker from was that two panelist. years ago Oh, God, it's got to be two years, yeah. <laughs> Joining us tonight after putting in a full shift here at the studio is Hot uh-huh. Barrel's lab manager and assistant brewer and what, director of quality control, did you say? You got it, yep. Katie, thanks for coming down tonight. Please Thank introduce you. yourself to the uh, folks listening. Uh, the- my, my name is Katie. I've been... <laughs> I've for the fourth time tonight. <laughs> yeah, I've introduced myself get, little, four different uh, times yeah. with four different podcasts tonight. Uh, so I am a, a local or an area um, brewer. I work at a couple different breweries. Um, currently, um, uh, Hop and Barrel is one of them, and then I also um, brew at Bobtown Brewhouse, which is uh, not too far from where we are sitting. So, how did you first become interested in craft beer, and when did you? When did you start homebrewing? I assume that's where you kind of started. Uh, I actually started getting interested in craft beer I, when I was in college. I went to school in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is um, a few hours south of here. And there was a little brew pub-ish kind of place, and they had craft beer on tap. And this was in a time enough years ago where craft beer in a bar was Newcastle and and uh, Corona and Heineken. You could get some of EPA. You could if, yeah, if we're talking yeah. about the same time frame because <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, about yeah, yeah. we're about the same yeah. age. Some EPA, yeah. You'd, so, wa- you'd walk in and be like, "Oh shit! At least they have some yep, a- some yep, EPA." Yep, yep. Oh, oh my gosh, they have Newcastle. They have Newcastle in a bottle. Oh sweet, yeah. Imported. So beer. anyway, and I, and I just never was into the domestic light beers, and you know, they in of in and of themselves are are good in a lot of ways, but um, I I ran into this little brewery-ish kind of craft beer place that 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 served good craft beer and so i i started working there and it was like what is this this is amazing and then it was after college that i started home brewing um uh, did you start to think when you first went on the craft beer that i want to start doing this myself or how that transition no i didn't i didn't know what i wanted to do with my life then um well, just on the, the homebrew tra- side. The, tra- uh, the homebrew side, pretty much instantly, actually, it was like, wow, this is amazing. I, I wish I, this is something that I could do professionally, for sure. Yeah. Um, and and um, I started, you know, I think a lot of homebrewers, you start doing extract beer. beer, And then I, I, I transitioned to all grain, and that was really when it kind of was like, this is you know, the process behind it and the science behind it was something that I, I really fell in love with pretty quickly. How big a system did, or what kind of, did you do the, the DIY or did you go with the store-bought Um, system? It was DIY-ish, yeah, but it was, you know, a, a cooler and, you know, the whole the whole thing. I, I, I walked into the homebrew shop and got the equipment I needed to, to make it more of a DIY situation for sure. Do you remember what you made first? And how did it turn out? Oh, all grain, I don't remember. Um, the extract, it was probably an IPA. It was probably a clone of some, you know, local brewery. You have a hoodie, uh, the, the the Bell's Two-Hearted. Dead Ringer. Dead Ringer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what That was 
what do they call that before it was called Dead Ringer, though? <clears throat> I don't remember. It it had a, that's why they had to change it to Dead Ringer because it it was too close to. Too hard. I'll, I'll Google that once. Yeah. I stop yammering yeah. and you start talking again. Yeah, so again. I mean, another part of my, another part of my, another part. She of has my, a hoodie that I like. What? Yeah. <laughs> another part of my story is is uh, I I worked at Northern Brewer for a few years. I worked at their Minneapolis location. There's the tie-in. And I had a you know one of their kits, one of their best-selling kits actually is Dead Ringer IPA, and it's a two-hearted clone. And I have this. It's a it's actually a pretty rad hoodie. Um, skeleton and whatever um and i wear that as my you know brewery clothing every so often so yeah <laughs> how do you go from lacrosse to working in minneapolis i mean that'd be a i grew up like. i actually grew up in river falls sure so where we're, where we're sitting so um after college i moved back to the minneapolis area and i worked in mental health for 13 years and that was sort of my like my real job I, I, when I was in, when I was falling in love with craft beer and discovering home brewing, I, I didn't think to like, oh, is this something that I, I could do as a career, and how can I educate myself? So I got a, a four-year degree in psychology, and that was, you know, in a lot of ways, really great. But um, yeah, I, 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 I moved back up here because this is where, kind of where I'm from. Were you working at Northern Brewer while you were working in the health field? Yeah. This uh, like the part time. Yeah, it was like a weekend gig for me. Yep. So then, what made you want to make the career change then down the road? Um, I got I got approached by the owner of Bobtown about being um a brewer for him, and that was a, you know he he was like I'm looking at opening a brewery and looking for a brewer. Is that something you'd be interested in? And I think actually that was prior to Northern Brewer. I think that Northern Brewer was sort of my step into the industry and kind of figuring out what I could do to um, educate myself. Was Bobtown your first position at a commercial yeah. brewery? Yep, it was. So, I mean, what was that like going from a home brew system to all of a sudden you now are working behind? Is it a three and a half <clears throat> barrel over there? It's a one, actually. One barrel. It's a little, yeah. Uh, it, that was me building that system. Um, so I had to kind of take a lot of my my home brewer knowledge and the and the things I learned from working at Northern Brewer and sort of apply it to this commercial system and make it work. Um, you know, uh, Bobtown then kind of expanded up and we did some alt propping, as it's called, at at um, Hop and Barrel actually to to kind of expand our 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 production a little bit. But um, that system is built basically on kind of what I've learned as a home brewer. And is that how you came to meet Brian and yeah. Justin down yeah. at Amber? Yep. So we, uh, they 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 were opening, and they wanted you know a lot of a lot of local breweries when they open they they do collaborations with other local breweries to sort of beef up their tap line selection on opening day. So they approached us about doing um, a beer with them, and we did a a collaboration. Yeah, we them. made an IPA that went pretty quick it's a session ipa yeah, yeah. well it, yeah it didn't mean to be a session but it was but oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. calibration yeah. issues on our part yeah so, so. Like your session no 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 yeah no 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 not not it wasn't seven percent it was like it was like less well, four, than five, five I think. something yeah. like that i mean i mean then you get into the real and i didn't even oh. i didn't even have any of it but it was it was a fun thing to do when all of our tanks were full and then we wanted like some variety on, you know, we yeah. 
only had like nine tanks and 16 taps right yeah. so we were kind of like oh we'll make some infusion you know you just want to kind of fill the taps out and so we had a fun day um brewing on katie's system yeah which is really well put together electric electric and then you have what like uh we have five fermenters now yeah but uh, my my so then my role in switching into hop and barrel was I I rolled up into hop and barrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is where I'm supposed to yeah. make up that story again. <laughs> uh, so so Katie like her her like limo shows up and uh, she she comes out of the limo and she's, I left the driver in the car. She left the driver in the car. <laughs> Did I say that one time? Yeah. And then uh, she came strolling into the brewery and like handed someone her coat. F- fedora. And her fedora was like fur. <laughs> it was definitely an endangered animal fur of some kind. It was more of a tossed my coat. Oh, she tossed yeah, <laughs> tossed it. She took off her sunglasses and was like, I think I'd like to work here once in a while. Picture, I picture Actually, so, I mean, sort of. That's sort of. No, I, I, I went to there. You know, we, we, we did this collaboration together, and you know, I met, I met Brian and Justin and the, the brewer that was working there at the time, and they seemed like really super cool, chill, chill guys. And I, you know, being somebody that wants to kind of challenge myself professionally and always learn, I approached him, and it was at the their opening day, and I was like, hey, if you ever need an extra set of hands. I'd love to, you know, kind of come on as a, a, an extra person. And it's sort of, that's kind of how it started. And then they had this lab, the restricted yeah. area zone. <laughs> um, and I had mentioned, they, they had said, well, we had this, this, um, this woman, Therese Barda, who is a, a, a professor out of Stevens Point. She came in and she set this lab up and I was like, oh, I took a class with her, a micro- yeah. microbiology for brewer, brewer, brewer's course. And then they, so they, it was kind of this like natural progression of like, well, here's this space and what can you do for us? Um, yeah, I mean, we had training on it, but there's, there's wasn't a, well, much time to. There wasn't time for the three of you to, no. to do it. And <laughs> yes. I was this extra person and, you know, so it's like, well, I can, I can do this. I know how a microscope works and. Mm-hmm. Whatever, so that's sort of the progression of it. Knowing you, Brian, I don't really picture you in a lab coat with the safety glasses. Nope. (laughs) I mean, he'd have to put a beard net on. Yeah, Yeah, we have those. We have those. (laughs) (laughs) So you you mentioned there's some collaboration or uh, calibration issues when you did the collab IPA. Yeah. Came out of session. Were you brewing on Hop Barrels system or was that at Bobtown? We were brewing at Bobtown, but they. Um, when they, you know, I kind of, it was, it was, it was a little bit more of a miscommunication, to be honest. I gave them my, you know, specs, and, my specs, yeah, and they didn't match the. It's it's just whatever. a lesson in um, sizing up or sizing down yeah. beer. Uh, yeah, and I learned. I mean, I learned that um, it's, it's nonlinear. Yeah, it is not it's a good and, way to yeah, put it. Yeah, and you know, you know, you learn that. Like, I went from. Doing these one barrel batches at Bobtown to to gauging them up to fifteen barrel batches, and the first two or three batches I brewed, it was like this isn't my beer, you know, it's just not the same. So mm-hmm. I had to kind of figure out why it was not right and sort of fix that. So it was just a matter of it takes some of the best breweries, you know, like what was it when Sierra Nevada moved from the east their west coast facility, they built a new facility in the on the east coast and it took them three months brewing day and night to get Sierra Nevada pale ale to taste 
the same. The same <laughs> between mm-hmm. the two breweries. Mm-hmm. Like before their like ace like tasting panel was like, oh, okay, it's yeah, the same. You can't taste the difference. Well, can't in a case of that where you're, um, I don't know how many hundreds of barrels that they're doing over at Sierra Nevada, but couldn't you just carbon copy the same system over here and it's... Yeah, but would be, yeah, but you're, you're dealing with their so terroir, is it? Well, yeah, you're you're looking at water differences. Yeah, and yeah. brewer different. Like there's so many I know, like different I, things. Like I, it was said at that brewery that was at like eight thousand feet. So there's a lot of just, just a little tiny operation there. Yeah. <laughs> so Katie, in how Guatemala? Did, <laughs> did you did you start off working in the brew house with Hot Barrel, or did you start working in the lab and work your way? To the brew house from that point it was well i started off cleaning drains actually i mean literally (laughs) cleaning drains and then it was sort of like oh we've got this lab and then it became a lot of a lot of that and then i don't remember i think i started working in the in the brew house i don't know i feel like i maybe just sort of like hey i want to do this and you know learn and i mean there was a lot of variables happening there but yeah um it's a good way to put it uh, it was, it was, it was mostly in the lab, and then I, I kind of made my way into the brew house, and then I started brewing there for Bobtown, mm-hmm. so that was sort of a, a learning experience too. So that was kind of a, a little bit of training, but. So then, I've talked to brewers before, and a lot of the stuff that you don't see behind the scenes is the cleanup and the sanitation stuff like that, but haven't talked to a lot of people working in the lab side of it. I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of work are you doing behind the scenes for the brewery? I mean, what's it like being in the lab for you know, a, an average day in your life? Um, it is, you know, putting, plating beer on Petri dishes to make sure stuff, stuff doesn't grow ideally, um, which is, in, you know, normally what happens at Hop and Barrel. Um, it's doing sensory quality control. So smelling, tasting, looking at beer, um, looking at beer that's two months old or six months old um, to make sure that it's holding up in cans well. Is that the dissolved oxygen? Yeah, we do a little bit of that. Yep, we do some dissolved oxygen testing. So we run the beer through this machine that will test how much parts per billion of oxygen are in the beer because oxygen is super bad for beer. It it makes beer taste... Um, cardboardy and inky and all these flavors that um, you you may not pick up as like kind of the average beer consumer but it's you know it's just this beer tastes a little off and that's probably because yeah. it's oxi- ox- oxidized Which you know? I, I know Brian you brought up the the uh, uh, dissolved oxygen stuff before on Homer Bound but what is that exactly it's it's so from the time that the beer that yeast and beer interact with each other it it becomes it goes from a sugary liquid to actually beer and at that point you want to keep as much oxygen out of that solution as possible so in in a in a craft brewery you're able to keep you know all transfers so going from one tank to the other um closed so oxygen doesn't get oxygen isn't getting in you use carbon dioxide gas to kind of you know push and blanket the beer and all these things and in the canning process um you know if a lid you know the 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 cans go down a a canning line and they get filled with beer and then seconds later they get lidded 
And if a lid is off of that can for two seconds longer, that can will be in, in two months, it'll be off. Just yeah, because and, there's enough oxygen that gets introduced yeah. to that. So, what what you know? she's found is that it, like a, through her analysis, we've you, you can look at a beer like that with, that's only two seconds longer and the color is significantly oh, yeah. different. Like you can, you can, I can pour that beer in a glass and a, and you're and like, holy shit, like, this no. one's oxidized all the yeah, hell without yeah. even, but it, yeah. it's another one of those we talked on the, you know, the show previous to this about like uh, how people perceive beer and that and everybody's different. Just most because personal taste, but um, you know, coming up with a way to describe how oxidation tastes, it's like, okay, wet cardboard, wet newspaper. I don't know. It's like, like inky. Like, yeah, and like see, thick, she says inky, and like I don't know. I mean, thick, does, like, that like, means more like what you're thinking, like newsprint after it's been printed. No, like pick up like a Bic pen, like one of those old okay. school Bic pens with a cap, yes, and I've you never smell been able it. To understand that one? And that is <laughs> a hoppy oxidized oxidized beer to me. See, I never. Well, back on Department of Fence, Scott, what two years ago now? Uh, yeah, when you brought all the giants down, half giants. We did the. You know, I was here for that. Series. There was yeah. nothing yeah. half about are those, those giants. Are those halflings? There was just really large men here. No, I, I looked like average like, size. Like, what's to the them. guy? Harry Potter. Are we, can Hagrid. we talk about Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah. You can talk on this about show. It. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so he like Hagrid. Yeah. yeah. Half half yeah. giants. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was to insane. put in scale, I have a baseball mitt for a hand, but sure. Shaking Ulysses' hand, my hand disappears up to about the wrist. I'm. It's gone. He had to go down our stairs sideways. Yeah. Foster's can looks like a normal can of, like a 12 ounce can of beer in his hand. Yeah. yeah. That, that'd be, you wouldn't be able to see it. You'd be, <laughs> he'd peel a finger back and all of a sudden the beer can would reappear. And <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we did the infected beer series and that kind of put, yep. for me, yeah. it put names to weird flavors yeah. I've tasted at that point. I, yes. you know, I, I, at Northern Brewer, I worked with, I worked with people that had amazing palates and could describe beer. You know, I had this one one guy, and he would be like, oh, it tastes like you left your gym bag in the back of your car, but your car had vinyl seating, and it was summertime. <laughs> and I would smell and taste and be like, that is exactly it, you know? Or, like, it tastes like if you, like, let ketchup sit out for three days. Yes, that's, you know, like, and, and, and I, I feel like everybody ha- can taste beer, but sometimes just putting a word to what yeah, you're tasting, yeah. that's the hard part. That's been yeah. my challenge is trying to, you know, listening to Homer Brown and Brian talk. And, and Brian, you've judged enough beer competitions. I don't always and, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it puts a word yeah. in my mind, at least, yeah. that I can associate with it. And yeah. I try. Being only seven years into the craft beer scene. Yeah. So, But started working doing the lab work at the brewery and and, and then into the brew house yeah you started the brew like a girl series i mean how did you come up with the idea with that or did somebody bring Again, it to you I, I mentioned this earlier in the, the third podcast i don't i don't really remember technically how it came up but i think, <laughs> I think it was just a it was just a conversation and i had had enough interactions with some of the other um women that work kind of front of the house at the at the brewery um and they were interested in you know what it would look like to brew beer um i remember even as a home brewer walking into northern brewer and it's a very male dominated industry or hobby and kind of being intimidated by that but being interested 
And so I kind of wanted to just create an environment where if there was a, you know, a underrepresented person that was interested in brewing to feel comfortable to like, just sort of see how the process worked to be kind of, you know, a part of that and be involved with that. So that's sort of how it started. And it was tap room people originally. And then we expanded out on our, our latest um, version, which was the white stout that we did to, to um, include witch hunt, which is a Minneapolis based kind of gender inclusive group. Yeah. Yeah. Inclusivity. Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I heard a witch hunt, I think, Brian, you were talking, or we were talking, three of us, kind of, wherever. Is it similar to, is it um, Pink Boots Society? Um, maybe Pink Boots is very professionally based, sure. and I think Witch Hunt is a little bit more, you know, it's just sort of a little bit broader. You don't have to be a part of the industry to be a part of Witch Hunt. You sure. just have to be interested in brewing as a right. as a underrepresented human in the industry mm-hmm. if somebody's inter- if somebody's listening and they're interested and they want to get I mean can they how can they find witch hunter or something like that uh witch dot or I, I I'd have to look I, yeah. you know, I mean throw, yeah. throw it in Google, a yeah throw it in a Google link witch we can hunt. look it up out there yeah, yeah. Google so. witch hunt Minneapolis and you'll you'll hit it they've oh. got a Facebook page they've got an Instagram page for sure so but what, what kind of with your at Hop and Barrel with the Brulick Girl Series what kind of beers have you done so far uh, the first one was our triple IPA, the fifth wheel. One of my, one of my, oh my God, it was so good. <laughs> it's kind of everyone's oh all time fave. Just, oh yeah. my God, that was mess Gordon. Super good. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, and that was my, um, you know, I wanted to do, I, I, I mean, I was, I was looking to sort of emulate a, a Pliny the Elder ish sort of beer, mm. like a super light, dry, eleven percent beer. I've had Pliny the Elder, and yours was better. Oh well, it. Uh, and uh, drank really well for a, <clears throat> a beer with that high of a gravity. Yeah, and I wanted to, you know, I'm 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 very much as a brewer, I'm very, um, kind of stuck in style guidelines, and I, I I don't disrespect brewers that aren't, but I just happen to be. So I wanted to do this like kind of classic old school triple IPA. So I u- we used, I think we used like Simcoe for sure Simcoe hops, which are tough to brew with sometimes as far as getting the right qualities you want from them and I think depends we used, on when they're picked <laughs> yeah we use like I think we use some you know Chinook just we just we just use some classic like west west coast style hops in it and um it was you know it was a 10 or 11 percent beer and you you wouldn't know you were drinking that that when you drank it yeah super it did, dry it did, uh, did the trick for me yeah it was like a it was like a Belgian triple without Belgian yeast and a bunch of hops in it sort of so that was our first one and then our next one was a harvest saison, so it was a dark saison. Um, you didn't and like that it. That was our first. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> like it. No, I wasn't happy with that beer. I think um, I tried it down at. I thought it was fine. The, uh, it just it didn't age well at all. Uh, yeah. I thought it was. It was nice. I think I think it ended up fermenting warmer than I wanted it to, with the yeast we used. Mm, I wish I had possibly. been able to make it a little cleaner than it was. You know, uh, the last episode we we tasted a saison that i brewed and it had a lot of you know those belgian yeast yeah, characters and I think, positive stuff yeah i think that this beer would have been better if it had been just a little a little more subdued with those um but our third our third uh 
blag, as we call it in the brewery, blag beer, blue, brew, <laughs> brew like a girl. Well, was the, a, the brewing software only allow blag. only allows for a certain amount of characters. Only allows <laughs> a certain amount of characters. So, so it's blag. Is, blue, it's, brew like a girl, lady of the woods was too much. No, no, it was blag, <laughs> which is great because it. it's like. When's the next blag? You know, anyway, blag. yeah. So it's a, it's a, it was TLDR. a white, it was a, a white stout, and it is a. We called it Lady of the Woods, and that was the beer that we brewed with Witch Hunt, and they mm-hmm. they came up with the name, which is was really great because yeah. Lady of the Woods is actually another term for uh, birch trees. Sure. So you you know you you look into a, a forest, and there's these you know dark, especially in wintertime, there's these dark trees, and then you have this white contrasting birch tree and it's sort of a a you know a connotation in, in some some regard but um it's a white stout and it's thick and heavy it's a very strange style there's not one that you hear about a lot and yeah. it's we say it, it had a 40 to 60 ratio of 40% adjunct and like flaked like well, yeah, no, you huge, can you know talk about adjunct, yeah. like what what was in it. Well, I think I think the base malt was pale malt, mm-hmm. and you know m- most beers you brew with, you need to have about eighty percent base malt, and, mm-hmm. and this one had about sixty, and it was, but otherwise it was wheat, barley, oat. It was just, th- it, I mean, it's it's a thick. Beer. Yeah, and you've Casey, you've, well, you've poured, seen like, it come out of the tap. Oil. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it comes out of the tap like it's like blah. <laughs> it's like yeah. I don't it's really want to pour, syrup. but I will, I, I guess. I'd rather <laughs> stay up here, but I'll just. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, and I don't know if you want to get too much into how we achieve the flavor. It's yeah. completely up to you, but. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I'm interested because I've I've only ever had two white stouts before. <clears throat> um, one I can't remember. The other was when I was in Ohio, and it poured and looked, I mean, like you'd expect. But it drank, I'd say, more like a pilsner than anything yeah. else. But it had that roasty stout behind it. I'm like, oh, this is kind of disappointing. But then I went and had your Lady of the Woods. That was completely different. Like Casey was saying, it it just poured like maple syrup coming out in the it, early spring. That's a great, yeah. And, yeah. Yellow and, and I'm, I'm immediately yeah. fixated on oh, like, oh, this is gonna yeah. be nice. And yeah, and so I mean, white stouts are are okay. So you know, I just I just went from saying I'm I'm very much you know I'm I'm in this, <laughs> I'm in this like guideline aspect of brewing, and I appreciate it. And white stouts are not they are they're i mean they're they're like oat blondes you know yeah like casey can you like look up what style it is in the style guy uh yeah it's a specialty (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so and 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 you know so you want this you want a beer that drinks and feels like a stout but when you look at it it's it's blonde in color um, we use we use some um, additive like some bre- brewing extract additives like vanillas and you know um, chocolate and you know all those these these specialty additives that we can make the beer taste a little bit more stout like. Um, I don't think without those roasty malts it's ever going to get there, but it kind of gives it the idea. I I thoroughly enjoyed the hell out it's of it. It's great. Have you had it on nitro? Casey, did I have it on nitro that night? No, I have not <laughs> had it on nitro. I didn't even know that was a thing. I can't the, the, it's on the, nitro. the 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 exciting thing about this beer is, you know, these all these blag beers are the brew like a girl beers are they're one off. So it was well, the fifth wheel we're gonna do again. 
Um, but it's all it's it's kind of a it's just like hey let's do yeah. something crazy let's when, do this when beer. we have time for fifth wheel we've got to get we have to yeah. get it back yeah. on but are it's you like going to can fifth wheel yeah. are you gonna do fifth wheel the younger I think we, or I, I, I'm pretty sure we <laughs> I'm pretty sure we decided a yay on canning yes, fifth wheel please. distribute to north of highway eight Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah it's it's called self distribution you drive down and buy some beers yourself we'll and figure then... it out <laughs> anyway but so you know we no we never really we never producer. really had an intention to unless it was more of a seasonal thing to brew any of these beers twice but and yeah we, two of this, them this white we've stout only done three well, we've done yeah, and two, two of and three, two, we, and two of them, everyone's like, brew, "Can we brew it again? Can you guys make yeah. that again?" But we, uh, so I think, I think this coming Friday, I'm brewing a, a, a second batch of the Lady of the Woods yeah, stout. Definitely. So, yeah, definitely. And then we'll, it went quick you know, enough, and our distributors are calling for it enough yeah. that oh wow, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna make it again. Yeah, and I they haven't having, even tried fifth wheel. I've had. Shit, I remember having some. fifth wheel up at, at the anniversary party, and then I oh yeah, no, Gordon, you've had it. Casey, did you drink and drank some fifth wheel? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Lady uh, of the Woods. Lady of the Woods. Yeah, I, I had it uh, the the first day you guys tapped it. Oh, that's right. So they know. Yeah, your the, the anniversary third year, right? And Dr. Yeah. Second year. Yeah. Second year. Second year. Second year. Second year. Whatever. Whatever fucking year it was. Yeah. <laughs> first anniversary party I went to is a little fuzzy. <laughs> and the second one wasn't. Less. Less fuzzy. Third. Less fuzzy. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, if yeah, um, I was at my local watering hole up in Rice Lake, and they had the red can. I got real excited for a second because I thought that was fifth wheel, and then they're like, "Oh no, it's the Zorro, whatever you call it." Zorro. Oh, you're Rojo. thinking of double Rojo's. bromance. Double no, bromance Zorro was also right. red. Was it? Yeah. Maybe that's Maroonish. Was, yeah. Maroonish? Yeah, I can't remember. But they didn't. Anyways, it's the Rojo Zorro. Yeah, fifth, wi- fifth wheel has. We've never canned fifth wheel. Yeah, it doesn't oh. have a label yet. We will. Yeah, once we get around to it, but I gotta. <laughs> once we get around <laughs> to it. Well, no. It's a lot. It's getting. Like, you gotta understand. We, the, and we actually have another a blag beer. Yeah. Kind of in mind in the works. Right, right, right. Uh, that a- too. An yeah. APA that we want to do. How well does be my next question? I mean, getting the any... art together, getting it to print, and like it takes like a month and a half. Yeah. That's yeah. stupid. So about the same amount of time it'd take for it to ferment is what you're saying. <laughs> no. <Ooh. laughs> I take half that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a high gravity beer. It'll be done in like a like. 48 hours. <laughs> well, but then the yeast has to do its cleanup thing. Yeah. Man. Like, yeah. Dry hop it. No hop creep. No, no <laughs> VDK bombs. <laughs> uh, as I wanted to ask, I mean, do you have any other more of the Blag beers coming up? Or, I mean, how often are you planning to release those? Quarterly. Quarterly. And, and for now, because the Lady of the Woods was so popular, we're going to do that one again. And then we have in mind... You know, the other thing is, is we have pale? to we have to fit yeah we have to fit these beers into you know the current production so that's part of it so um, but but we have another it's a, a Minnesota hop and Minnesota grown malt APA essentially that we wanna that we wanna brew up but. Yeah. You know, it's it sort of one of those things that we got some mighty, mighty axe contract hops yep. that we're, we're going to work with. So and then malt works. Was it a Julius or Julius? Yeah, Julius hops. 
Um, and but you know it all it all kind of comes down to if if production for other things kind of takes precedence over yeah. that, we'll push it off and then do fifth wheel for sure by the end of summer. Yeah, the beer so like, is what she's saying is the beer's done when it's done. Um, sometimes. Well, and it's it's so, it, it depends on no, the. You we know, want our date now. I want the scoop the, on this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we would I would love to do a one off of a of a Julius a, APA. Yeah. But if I mean that. we need to make sure we're fulfilling. Yeah, the, the what our distributor partners need from us. And, yeah, and, and it's kind and, of priority. And, and I I would rather do fifth wheel again. Yeah. Because that was such well, an amazing it's, beer. I mean, we gotta satisfy our distributor partners. We have to satisfy our tap room. And then we have to also come out with some new fresh stuff and can it and come up with art and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's like a... Which, well, Brian, being I've been in a small business owner mm-hmm. position for you, obviously a lot of that is coming down on yours and Justin's head. And Katie, how much pressure do you feel working in the lab? So and I, the I, <laughs> I try to drag her more into the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean... Maybe your side? So, I mean, I, 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 I started kind of... Um, being more involved with production of Hop and Barrel a couple months ago when their one of their two main brewers moved on to other things and I you know sort of my thing is like well I could fill this role or just continue sort of being kind of in the background and I decided to fill the role so it's it's been a learning process for me and the pressure for me has been just as much about the learning and figuring out production and how that works but i feel like for all of us the it's timing that. too it's it it takes a it takes a village well right and i mean know, in a sense i mean between between brian and justin and the salespeople and ethan who's the other brewer and myself it's all we're all trying to figure it out you know a little bit so um it's, it's different than it was <laughs> yeah it, it, and not not so much a pressure just, it's just a new challenge i think it's it's not bad it's just different <laughs> <laughs> well that's different <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> uh, what you got there in your cup there margie <laughs> yeah, yeah i want to speak to the manager <laughs> So Thanks, I feel Karen. like I feel like in about four months, if you were to ask me, you know, whether it's been challenging or pressure, I might have an answer for you. But it's just all been new. So, so June, I have a lot of Sundays open. And yeah, <laughs> I, hope, I hope too as well. <laughs> yeah. the, being both on the brew house side of Hop and Barrel, we're much larger production, yeah. and also doing Bobtown mm-hmm. and. Being in the lab, I mean, do you have a preference as to which one you've enjoyed more, or is it just another you know, day in the life? That's a, you know, that's a, it, it's a weird timing for that question because, um, they that, all have that, their. That's almost an ageist question too. Like, yeah, they all like have we were their. Kind of talking about this the other day, where you're like, I'm 41. Well, yeah, and they all have their their, <laughs> and I'm like, they all have their perks, and and that's you know, I my my. My transition to being now more at Hop and Barrel is very new, and it's been a difficult choice. I mean, standing in in the brewery at Bobtown by myself and kind of just being there in the quiet is, and just brewing beer and just doing it is is great. But um, being in a collaborative process and the you know the 
minute by minute distribution changes that happen at Hop and Barrel, where it's like they'll they'll be like, actually, we want this instead is is challenging and fun, you know. What? Yeah. Bring um, the grain bag in. And, oh my so, god. There's, there's, and there's, there's positives and negatives to all of them. I can't really, you know, that's, that's been my, my challenge in, in, in making my professional decisions in the last couple of weeks. So. And looking back, how did it feel knowing that working as a commercial brewer and working in now well, two breweries, how did it feel knowing this was going to be your career versus, you know, if you were to look here, I'm in the medical field, here's my next mm. 30 years of my life. I mean. For me, it was, it was, um, you know, as soon as I, I realized that even though I didn't know how, when I realized that brewing beer was what I wanted to do, it was just a matter of figuring it out. You know, I mean, I could have stayed, I could, you know, any, anybody can do a job and make money and, you know, have satisfaction in other parts of their, of their world. But, um, I needed to have brewing beer be involved in that and it was easy it was an easy choice once I figured that out any regrets so far no not professionally <laughs> no and for you what has been you what do you like most uh, about brewing and working in the craft brewery or industry or the beer industry as a whole for a career um, I like the it's it, it's a, it's a chill generally collaborative cooperative industry we you know that we try as much as we can at the brewery to include everyone because i don't know yeah 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 i get it I really get you. is i get you uh no i mean <laughs> and, and, and i like that i like that yeah, so yeah. i don't know that's why we no, I think and, and i mean, I mean there, it's, there's more to it to me i mean it's there's there's a lot of technical i mean there's there's the technical side of brewing and there's the science behind brewing that I really get into. There's the physical part of brewing that I really appreciate. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we talk about the, the brew like a girl series and the intimidation factor. It's, it's a physically demanding job and some people are just, wouldn't be interested in that. And I, you know, I happen to be, so it's physically demanding. It's, you know, you can get super geeky about it, but I also really appreciate the collaboration and, you know, you know, walking into the hopping barrel and, and talking to Ethan or Brian or Justin about, hey, I have this idea or I thought about this over the weekend and whatever. And it's just, it's, you know, it's all those things, I guess. And talking about the geeky side of it, you know, I was kind of, I went into the homebrew kind of starry eyed mm-hmm. and didn't realize this exactly how much math and chemistry uh-huh. is involved into that. It's a stupid <laughs> amount of work for to stay yeah, away. It was dumb. No, no, this is your fault. I originally tried to contract Casey to brew me a beer and, and no, he goes, told you to F right off and then you yeah. made your own and it ended yeah. up being a re- it ended up <laughs> being, being a really, really good. good beer. So yeah. just so I like to stick it to Casey yeah. whenever I can. I see that. <laughs> But what have been some of the biggest challenges you face going into the industry and over your career? Oh, I... Um... I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's all, it's all been, it's, it's, a, it's been pretty easy for me. Um... I mean, I don't, guess... People want to hear a story, like... I know, right? Yeah. Right. 
Um, Did, have, you burned, a, have you burned yourself on beer? Oh, yeah. I've, I've broken <laughs> yeah. fingers brewing beer. There, there. Yeah, go. one time I ran my finger through a belt and a wheel. No, no. Uh, I would say my, my biggest challenges have been, um, I, I don't know. It's been it's been great. It's honestly it's been it's it's like I feel like my job is a dream is dreamy. I mean, I I I didn't start brewing beer professionally until five years ago and and I'm 40. So, you know, it's not like I had a whole opportunity for different careers prior to then and that they were they were sustainable and they were, um, you know, it's something that I could have I was successful at and all those things but until i got into brewing it was just it was all that was all that was the work it was finding brewing that was easy and i'm just curious so i work in the the paint manufacturer retail world and a lot of the old and dusty guard there's a lot of pushback with my company at least uh you go back 10, 15 years ago, we were 60% male employees, mm-hmm. and now that's changed to more like 60% women are mm-hmm. working there. I mean, did you ever face any pushback being going mm-hmm. into a predominantly male industry? I, th- I think that, you know, there were there were, there were probably comments um, when I first started. Or even where in the homebrew world, if you will, sorry. I didn't, I didn't experience in the homebrewing, but I did, I feel like there, you know, you know, I, I'd, Oh, you brew the beer. Yeah, good pe- for you. Pe- you know, like besides was- that BS, people don't fuck with Katie. So it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of figured, I mean, so, knowing or, everyone that works or, or what would happen HL. is you know the you know I would I would they would mistake the bearded dude that uh, every at, time at you know the bearded I'd dude. St- I still oh, get you that. brew the beer. beer. I still yeah. get that. They're like, oh, and this is Brian the brewer, and I'm like, yeah. no, it's yeah. Katie and so you know Ethan. I mean yes yes and I mean you know that's something that I've kind of had to maybe it doesn't happen as much because people recognize me a little bit more in the area but yeah there was definitely a how long have you been brewing beer and it would be like well I don't I don't brew she brews oh you brew the beer good for you congratulations you know like a little bit of <laughs> yeah, that but... a little bit of that happening but um yeah I mean it is a definitely a male. I mean, when I started brewing, when I started as head brewer in my position, I was the fifth head brewer in the state of Wisconsin, female head brewer in the state of Wisconsin. So there definitely wasn't a ton of us. Um, I think in Minnesota, there's still maybe three female head brewers, maybe four. I don't. I, yeah, I guess the, I don't really the, know. The number point, is pretty but, staggering. Like, like we'll we'll get the B like, the BA steward stewardship report will come out and it'll say there are eighty five hundred brewers or something this yeah. year, and then there's probably three hundred. Yeah, yeah, I would say there's you know, eight, uh, there's, I think the last stats I heard there so, were seven so, seven thousand craft breweries in the country and it, last less year's steward yeah. so it's not a lot. But the only one I've shook um, hands with briefly was um, I, I can't think of her fucking name up at uh, Earthrider. Used to be a thirsty Allison. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. And she actually was a huge part of Witch Hunt, which is the mm-hmm. organization. Um, oh. No, I. I mean, I don't know. I. I feel like in the craft craft brewing, brewing industry, I've always, I've never, I've never come across situa- situations where the professionals that I was that I was working with were put off by that. I feel like 
and and even and even consumers it was it's more of a like backhand comments like i don't really mean this but congratulations good for you you know like it's just sort of a it's not i've, I've never gotten any yeah. pushback from is <laughs> like that. awkward dudes trying to come correct and be like, yeah. oh, oh, okay, yeah. all right. Excuse me, while I take my foot <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's probably it. Like, yeah. you, your, your beer, beer. Holy shit, your beer is awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a girl, and oh no, wait, oh, jeez, oh, oh. oh, and, no. and, and, oh no. and I and I've, I've I've spent a little bit of my of my time sort of trying to figure out a line to walk with that because I I don't want to encourage that separateness but i also want to you're, you're just not the type to throw elbows <laughs> well i also but i also want to encourage like brew like a girl yeah. and like hey you're a you're a woman and you're kind of interested in brewing beer it's not that intimidating let me show you how that works um but i also don't want it to be this thing where it's just like i'm a lady and i brew beer for a living you know so yeah. in in like the the last well so you've you've been professionally brewing for five years in that time have you seen like a big rise in like the inclusivity groups like in the past few years or has that some been something that's always been there and now it's just coming to the forefront? Um, I feel like continuing in the brewing industry, there's more still like if women are involved, it's still like quality control. It's not okay. an actual production of, of brewing beer. Um, and that, you know, I, I, I can't really speak for why, but I wouldn't say that, um, I've noticed a huge in, increase in production brewers, female production brewers in the last five years. I, <laughs> like legitimately, at least in the, I legitimately wouldn't know where to get these. I mean, at I, least I in the, at least in, in the that. region, you know, probably your, uh, Brewers Association stewardship report, which is due out, you know, yeah, right around this time of year. So, should be fun to visit that. I mean, would you say it's more interest on the individual? Like maybe they don't want to necessarily be the brewer, but yeah. they're happy working, yeah, in some capacity. It could be, than- yeah, yeah, um, for sure. You know what I could be it. Run into a lot was the the do you like this or do you like the idea of this? Um, well, and and. Production brewing is exhausting. It's. I did, I did eight hours. And I'm fucking done. <laughs> I mean, you you like it's it's and you, it cr- crazy people brew beer yeah. like do the physical production of brewing. It's it's it's. I you barely know. like home brewing. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm I'm I like, and I have I have stood in hop and barrel brewing. <laughs> Uh, after like you know ten hours and some piece of equipment is broken, and you're like, and why? I'm like, Ethan and I are just like, and, and I you, look yeah, at him, and you wish he had a grenade, <laughs> and he looks at me, and it's just like, what am I? What am I? What am I doing here? <laughs> but it's just, it's like you gotta have a love for it, you know? You just really, really do. Really, you're not wrong. <laughs> and I just happen to, you know, it's just a, I can't help myself. It seems to be a common theme with the brewers that come on here. The grass isn't quite as green on the other side. You got, you got yeah. a, you got a smile and laugh. There, there's shit that over the years you, you just get real desensitized to like huge big problems. Like the beer is pouring out of the fermenter hole because the cellarman didn't seat the gasket correctly. Yeah, the 
and then I sanitize some knives from the brewery's <laughs> kitchen <laughs> and then stuck them into the and totally made it stop flowing and it made a really great porter <laughs> like <laughs> so like, now we have to do that every time fuckers leave me well, here and, <laughs> and you know I, I always look back at like I, I worked in mental health for 13 years before I was a brewer and like the problems that I would counter in that industry it's yeah. not an industry but it's like that's we, we know you mean. that's real life this is just like yeah. a, a fermenter leaking gallons this is, of beer out it's, you know? it's so funny because it's like oh that whole building fell over well well <laughs> like when you were gonna brew it, you're just like oh oh well like, <laughs> so stupid or like you know, like for us, it's like oh, the canning line just yeah, that's that's the gonna work big for four thing days. at the oh well. And, you you know? know, and the fucked up thing is, is that sometimes you're like, all right, well, let's quit for the day. The canning line's been a jerk the whole day, and then you get there the next day, and then you fire it up, and you're like, it's working fine. Everybody, be quiet and don't talk about it. <laughs> exactly. Don't look at it. Yeah. <laughs> let's not talk about how well. Like this they'll is going. come up and be like, "How's how's canning going today?" And I'll be like, "If they ignore us, then we." And it'll, it's like perfect. It's like canning is going perfect, and they'll be like, "How's canning going?" And I'll be like, "Meh." <laughs> Meh. <laughs> We're not at, talking about it. He's down yeah. at a brewery down in Chicago, and there, you could hear that metal hitting metal at a high velocity sound. And everybody else in there sitting at the bar just kind of spun and looked towards the back and the me and the, the waitress I was talking to didn't even move. And I go, canning line? She goes, yeah, canning line. And I'm like, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about line. packaging that causes so many problems? Because it seems like bottling lines, canning lines yeah. are always going down. It's all sensors. It's just, it's like a million. If there's bad juju. It's <laughs> maybe if a, you, a fairy fluid. If, if you didn't and then set something cream. on fire, you, put you a didn't bowl put of cream and oranges. And you didn't put the right amount of coffee in your coffee maker that morning. <laughs> you were off by like a tablespoon. Yeah. No, I mean canning, 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 or packaging. At least the canning line that I'm now used to working with. It's like there are like a million different moving parts in that. Okay, and you have. I mean, you know, one of one of our big issues was we had the you know these tops of these cans. It was stuck on the seamer to the point where you couldn't even see it was there. You know, oh, it's wow. like we eventually was like, oh, there's a there's a a can lid stuck. You know, it's you know, and or it's like the water isn't turned up high enough in this area. You know, it's just always little these little tiny things. So. Um, yeah, it's just a million parts that you have to. So many moving parts. That yeah, something's yeah. bound to go wrong. Yep. I got a picture somewhere in my phone. I'll show you off air. I'm not, I'm not the strongest guy in the world, but I'm also not weak, and I have never fought so fucking hard in my life to get a can of beer open. I thought something's wrong with me, and I'm like, what the hell? So I finally managed to get the mm. lip and shove a. a, a, a Dub, um, it was double-lidded, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, I shoved a, a screwdriver underneath, and I had like a, a that happens too. Yeah. Two-foot breaker bar, and I had my buddy holding a can as I'm this reefing on. Yeah. And I finally get up, and there's another lid underneath, and I'm like, yep. son of a bitch. Yep. So I I had nothing but to yeah. laugh at it. So I took a picture, sent so to the bird, that, like, hey, that, by the you way, you know, you have you have the you have the in, you know we don't you have the 
cans that come down, they're empty. They get filled, and then they get lidded. And two two lids drop on a can, and it goes through the seamer, and that will totally mess up the yeah. seamer. But sometimes you don't see it as the packager, you know. Right. Yeah. He was talking about he tried to open a a can of beer that was double lidded. And but the, they weren't in <laughs> line with each other. That. <laughs> <laughs> the tabs were like this to one another, yeah. you know, crisscross. And so yeah. I, I had a good chuckle, and I just yeah. took a picture, sent it to yeah. the brewery over Facebook. Yeah. And hey, by the way, check yeah. your check your lid. That happens. Thing. Yeah. But <laughs> so if, for anyone listening that might be on the fence, maybe they're already in a quote unquote safe career, and they want to start getting into the brew brewery industry part-time or maybe they're already there part-time they want to do it full-time as a career do you have any advice for them well i already mentioned that people that work in the production side of brewing are crazy (laughs) and you know that's whatever um no i would say that if you if you are if this is a career that you are like yes this is something i want to do um you got to find you know find an in mine mine happened to be a homebrew shop and i was able to learn about a lot about recipe development and ingredients and a little bit about process enough to get me started. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Reed. Ryan was just mouthing. Listen to Homer Bound. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, that's, Wait, that actually is a really good point because what was the, was it the the brewer, Brewing Network? What was the, there was uh, a, the, the Brewing Network, yeah. Yeah, yeah was, there was a was podcast. Huge. I listened to that for hours and right. hours yeah. Re- religiously yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So, jamil zanishev yeah yeah John um, yep. r- read everything yep uh learn everything take every opportunity uh if you had one shot if you had what no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but like you know no, I'm, I'm not kidding like if you uh this is like everything else in the world um if this is something you want to do you need to completely immerse yourself in it uh, and make connections and be at the right places and know the right people and like do the right things. And also, you know, it's brew beer and be willing to brew strong to like, you take know? criticism. And if oh, your please, beer please sucks, be willing to take to, it. Yeah. You have to. You can't yeah. not take criticism. Yeah. L- learn everything. It's it's like anything else. I don't know. Do you. Do you homebrew. Homebrew. Um, like, Learn everything. Yeah. Read everything. I mean, how many how many Try professional everything. brewers out there started as home brewers? I'm gonna say like 99. percent Say like oh, almost all of them, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever met a professional brewer who didn't homebrew at some point. One yeah. of one of my favorite ideals, kind of in the industry, is like uh, is that whole like the the idea for me when I was coming up was making my own stuff. And I don't know if like this is sort of modest's ideal or not, but that brewery in the North Loop in Minneapolis, where they're like they're makers, and it's like I like making stuff and fixing stuff, but I like working through problems. Um, I don't know. I think it's there's also a, a personality type. There's, I mean, there's a reason a lot of engineers somehow end up in the brewing industry too. Well, we were talking about this too. Like, well, there's a lot of, you know, like. The other, you know, people that play D and D or are a bunch of nerds, long-haired, nerdy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's I don't know. Um, I mean, the 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 beauty of the brewing industry is you don't need a you don't need a license or a certificate to brew beer. Nah, you You don't. But I mean, but but it. I mean, but you have to immerse yourself. You have to read, like you said, read books, read all of the. The classic, popular home home brewing 
brewing science books that are yeah. out there. there um, there's uh, like 180,000 yeah. brewing books, but I think my mic drop statement here is always, always, uh, if you like this, that's great. If you like the idea of it, that's a different story. This isn't for you. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. And being able to take, you know, take criticism, as I said, you know, you brew a batch of beer mm-hmm. and understanding well, the difference it, between somebody saying like, oh, that's interesting. Any, any career and, you know, is, is going to require continuing education. And if you're going to put yourself and your art out there, if we want to talk about beer as art, cool, whatever. But, you know, like, like what you just said, like. Oh, that's great, or whatever, that's and it's interesting. Like, or interesting. And it's like you don't know. Well, you and don't honestly, like, that's <laughs> that's uh, you. You kind of bring up a point that I I I would love love your guys' opinion on how much of brewing is an art versus like a production science. Man, well, we did a whole panel on this <clears throat> at the Phipps. We did. Yeah. I think it depends on who you talk to. If it, in my opinion. Um, It's more science. It's it's but, more it's more science. I don't but if, like I don't if, what if, like but so but is so but is recipe creation an art Ethan, or is it a science? If Ethan was sitting here, what would he say? Something non sequitur. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, are we talking about the um, Ethan? There's you know, for me, brewing is I, I brewing is a process. I still and I don't you feel do like it a certain art. way. It's, and there are there's serendipitous moments okay. where you're like, oh shoot, shucks, darn it, I ran out of the type of hops that so I wanted to, to put in this beer, and, and you substitute something, and then creativity and it works. And it works. But, but but creativity runs more up against art than it does science. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um so I like, don't know. I guess I guess you know you look at the you look at the successful breweries even in the US are they are they do you think they're based on process and science or do you think they're based on like I mean let's just do this I, I, I have think I it's have all opinions. process and science so I think I think you need the process and science um, to make like you can make good beer with process and science I think you need a create uh, like something creative in the recipes or something to make great beer because like like there's there's a lot of breweries out there who make good beer like but there's nothing exciting about it, right? Like, hmm. oh, but that's just from the consumer standpoint. I don't know. I I agree with you. I think that there's a um, there's a level of risk risk taking and um, experimentation with ingredients that you need in order to make something that is a, a little bit different but you can have beer that's like oh this is very this is this is a cool concept and this is whatever but if it's but if it if your not, process isn't there it's bad it's bad beer and it you might be able to get by on um you know just sort of whimsical well i mean consumerism <laughs> but to, in the to end me, to me more the artistic part is how you you know put the beer together with packaging and marketing and all that like well that, and that's 
Do you remember at that's that? That's creative. I don't know. It's more creative. That, the, which... the, the, the panel that we were on and they were like, what, what beer are you drinking? Mm-hmm. And there were six panelists and all of us named like classic craft breweries like Sierra Nevada, whatever. And, you know, we were yeah. like, what are you, yeah. what beer is your, if you were to go to beer and it's like, that's, that's process. I mean, I see a lot of empty Modelo. Yeah. Well, here, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> you know we, there's or Dale's Pale Ale. Pale and, yeah, we go yes. back. We go back to a beer that the, is the classics. That yeah. is brewed well. The yeah. classics never die. I yeah. mean, they don't. And the and the classics are a beer that's brewed well. Yep. Is that a is that a can of Guinness in it front of you? It sure is. Well, did you see this Alaskan Amber that alt? Like that. This is a classic fucking. No. Beer. Yeah. No. Alaskan no. Amber is fucking mind. good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. There's. No, I, apparently we just we're old now, and we just drink. Well, I mean, if classic everybody beers. just would do a good old northeast hazy IPA. Oh, uh, you go and drink your Sam Adams in the corner. You told me to bring you something random. I, <laughs> I mean, it's cold I, and it's I wet. Did. So I've been yeah. wanting that out of the fridge for a while. Yeah, well, there's it's, a few of the beers in there that I would want in the fridge. Those are the ones I give Gordon. Any further questions, Gordon? <laughs> uh, yeah, just. For someone that has little to no experience, whether it's homebrew or in the commercial side, what's a good way for them to just get their foot in the door in the industry? Um, I, I mean, I feel like it's just a, a, a passion for the, the hobby. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's like I said, my, my, my foot in the door was a homebrew shop, and that really worked well for me. Um, but it was also my kind of my fortitude and willingness to con- continue to, to explore. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you think do you think uh, somebody coming in and saying I want to be at work in a tap room um, at a brewery is and not a necessarily way for them trying to, to get like I want to be a I mean, brewer I, tomorrow? I, but, I, mean, I just, know that yeah. that was like my path where yeah. I was like. I I know what I want to do. I know where I need to yeah. be, and that is to put myself in the position to to do this. Which yeah. I guess again, a mic drop statement would just be half of life is showing up. You know, yeah. show up, be interested. You know, don't be too eager, or too much of a dick or a weirdo, and you know, I don't know. Read everything, experience everything you can, and I don't know, man. I mean, like everyone's always like, "Oh, they're so passionate, craft beer passionate, blah blah." It's like, are you really, or do you like the idea of it? Well, Which and I then, said ten minutes ago. Like, I, I think so. I think what you're, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's there's being passionate, and then there's actually having a willingness to learn. That too, because we mm-hmm. we say this all the time on the homebrew show that we do. Like it's like ask ten people get ten answers. Yep. Like I don't know. But you need to like weigh those answers and actually mm-hmm. be able to like internalize some of that stuff. Because if you if you show up at a job and you're like, well, I'm the smartest guy in the room, Never. you're not gonna. Do I anything. I did also say something about like continuing education. Like you got to read, read, read. Sometimes if you go through like a little. You'll, you'll get in a slump and, and, you know, then you'll go back and... Well, there's also actual certificates in college education that you mm-hmm. can get with brewing. And if you want to go that path, that's Now there are, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sebo. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy that this is an industry that you don't need that. And if you just have, you know, 
quote unquote raw talent and drive to prove that you can brew good beer. You can, you know, you don't need a, a doctorate to do it, no. you know, which is great, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I feel like in the end, it just comes down to if if it's some if it's a if if brewing is a is a interest that you are totally passionate about, and you can kind of you know proof is in the pudding kind of situation, it's going to work out for you. Do either you see with the boom that we've seen in the last let's say 10 years where a lot of I would say me growing up in elementary school to get a a decent career you would need a bachelor's degree Mm. but I'd say nowadays the high school diploma the bachelor degree has become the high school diploma do you see that going that way with the with the beer industry that you need to have your master's and two years experiences to get that entry level position or is it going to kind of stay you know, well, like you said, the proof is in the pudding kind of situation. I think it's gonna it's gonna turn into you know brewery owners looking at um, resumes and being like, well, this person has a a degree at Siebel or uh, you know the the local the kind of the local certificate is Dakota County Tech. They have this, so they have the same experience, but they have also this. So, I mean, I just think that that's just how. The U.S. is driven for careers and jobs, you know. So I, I think it's going to be it's going to be that that way where it's you have to have a certificate. I, I don't necessarily agree with that because I don't have any like of those. The next but two years, but you know, yeah. Say let's say twenty years from now. Yeah. Brian. Brian, do you have an opinion? I have a shitload of opinions on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as the owner, I mean, let's the, see. The, look, man, like the 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 good ones will stick around, the bad ones will go away. Yeah, and and good and bad in this sense have. Uh, we always talk about at the brewery. It's like they're you're running three different little businesses with inside the business. You've got tap room production, and then uh, sales and distribution, and uh, a big piece of all three of these the key thing is marketing so make good beer have good marketing and then distribute 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 you know and if that's not what you're doing uh i don't know yeah <laughs> it's, yeah but that's 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 my my thinking on it and, yeah and i and i would like to say that you know especially n- now not in 10 years but now if you're interested in brewing and doing it on a, on a production scale, just figure out your niche, figure out a way to get into it. And you're at, you're at a place where you don't need a certificate and you don't need a, a degree. And hopefully the industry will respect that sort of law that we have that is if you, if you, you know, if you have proof in your pudding or whatever, and you can prove to us that you can brew good beer and you can, um, work how we want you to work and do your job yeah it's, you it's like you it's like everything a, else you don't need a bachelor's degree or whatever the, to the do good it. ones will stay the bad ones will go away yeah I'm like that's it and yeah, yeah. there's eight thousand craft breweries and then it's gonna get to a point where it's like oh these are all shitty and then some other ones are gonna come yeah yeah know. oh is there a bubble i don't know like 
I, talk yeah. to me when there's the a bubble. bubble thing. Like yeah. they've been talking about the bubble for, for twenty years now. Twenty years. Yeah. It's yeah. Whatever. I I, and I, f- I feel like what's happening is craft craft breweries are opening, but enough are closing that we're not we're not hitting a bubble. Let's all have a seltzer. But I do appreciate. <laughs> I do appreciate. Um, this shift in even you know I've even noticed if I mean I, I feel like when I've gone out to Colorado you can go into a cra- or Colorado or California you can go into a craft brewery and it's like this is good beer mm-hmm. and and other regions of the U S it's like this is crap a little bit hit or miss well you know? and it's it's uh, I think like I mean we didn't have a craft beer scene until like four or five years yeah. after like 15, the coastal well, yeah, yeah yeah so and so they've kind of worked out good yeah. and bad and so I do I do appreciate that you know I've, I I always said that you know I, I've had I've had arguments with people that'll be like why would why would somebody support that it's like well because it's a block from their house and it's a cool hangout and until I fall into that trap before. there's yeah until there's another brewery may, that maybe is, is two blocks away that has better that beer better, yeah. and it's worth their time or money to go there. It's like people are going to, you know, it, it, it just, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. we, we've seen that example, you know, mm. it's just, it is, yeah. and then, um, you know, having lived in the twin cities for a long time too, it's like, well, there's a one, on, another one, a block down. So yeah. 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 You throw a rock and it lands yep. by yep. five And so it's down. like, but, but the, but, People will spend money, whether they know it or not, on good beer. They might not be able to put a a reason why, like, oh, there's something about this beer that I just don't quite like, so I like to go to this place better. And in 10 years, it's going to improve the craft brewing industry. Yeah. Well, you good? Uh, you, no, you, I mean, no, you no, some- you're... Music or I thought you had a question there first. Oh I don't know. I mean, no, we, I was thought that you were yeah, no. queuing for music. So, <laughs> I, I I thought you were queuing to wrap one up. One more question. But. One more question. Yeah. No, I well, no. I don't you don't have one. Oh, if you have a question, I don't, I don't have a question. <laughs> no. I mean, I have things I want to talk about off air now. But yeah. That's... Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Professional outfit here. Woo. This can thank be, you, Katie, this for can your taking time out of your day to come down on the show this evening, and thank you. To everyone that's tuned in, you can find this episode and all others on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, CastBox, and now we are on iHeartRadio. You can also watch the live recordings and join our conversations by going to twitch.tv slash rules of the arena. This show is supported by listeners like you. If you could do me a huge favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcast, it really helps me out and the show. And if you have any comments, questions, or show ideas I want to hear from you, please email me directly at roapodcastinfo at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Vero, all under at Rules of the Arena Podcast. If you'd like to show, support the show directly, please go to patreon.com slash rules of the arena. It's just a little tip jar I have set up there, and all I ask for is a buck a show. Don't forget to check out all other shows brought to you by Blind Ninja Studios, such as Department of Fence, Homebrew Bound, Legends of Lothos, and Soundwave. <laughs> and you also need to check out Ben, who is not here tonight because he hasn't gotten his visitor's pass uh, renewed from the nursing home. Go to Duck Hill Workshop on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Head over to his Etsy shop and buy me the fancy epoxy table they put together. And my, because my birthday is just around the corner, you can send it right to me. 
Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and I'll catch you next time.